thank you, thank you. Come on, grab a seat, grab a seat, grab a seat. You guys doing good? Yes, you look good. Anyone excited for Christmas coming up? Yes, everyone have their presents. Who's not, who's not bought all their presents yet? Who's shopping still? Okay, that's a problem. Okay, maybe I should have preached on that this morning. Um, it's an honor to be here. And uh, actually, yesterday was my sister's birthday, everybody. Can we wish her a happy birthday? She turned 17, which is good. And uh, we went to see, well, I tried to go see, but my daughter kind of lost her mind, so we ended up not being able to participate. But we went to go to Zilko Park to see the Trail of Lights. I heard it was good, um, which is awesome. Uh, but it's an honor to be here, and I'm excited to bring the word. I've, I believe I have a word for someone in here, and I don't think it's just one person. I believe there's multiple people that need to hear the word this morning, and uh, I hope you're expectant. I hope you're ready. Uh, honestly, I came here, and I was like, Dad, if you need me to preach however much you want me to preach, you can use me, abuse me however you want. And, uh, and so he was like, well, you can preach this Sunday. We flew in this, this past Monday. I'm not fully recovered with jet lag yet. So if I say some really weird things, talk to my dad about it. And, um, but I'm excited to bring the word. And it's an honor to be here. I believe I'm speaking next week. Is that locked in? We'll see how today goes. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens. And uh, like, like uh, Greg said, I'm, I'm Micah. I'm I actually live in Australia. I was actually on staff here in 2000-something, 11 and 12, maybe 13, not and 14. I was, I was in 14, yeah, sometime, it doesn't matter. And, um, and then moved to Australia to Bible College. I'm now uh, one of the pastors at our Hillsong, at Hillsong in Australia, and, um, and like, I have two beautiful kids. One of my girls is here with me. Her name's River. You'll see her running around. She's the crazy one. Um, and then uh, I have another daughter named Rumi. She's a year and a half, and they couldn't make it. My wife and Rumi couldn't make it on this trip. Um, it's really sad because my daughter walks into my, sister, uh, my other daughter's room um, every day. She opens the door and then just starts sobbing because we're not home, which is so sad. So we miss them a lot. But we're glad to be here. It's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm expectant. I actually am expectant. And I hope you have some notes. My sister, for her birthday, got a new note-taking tablet thing. So I heard she's going to have the best notes ever. So if you, can't, if you can't take notes, just steal it off of her uh, at the end of the service. But why don't we go ahead and take a moment and pray and believe that God's going to speak to you this morning. Whatever you're needing. I hope you didn't just waste petrol to be here this morning. But I hope you came in this morning to say, God, I want you to speak to me. I need to hear from you. Holy Spirit, you're already in this room. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just take over. That we don't want to go unless you're there. God, we pray, Father, that you would move in this place. God, that you would show us that you're up to something in the city of Round Rock, in the city of Austin. God, that you want to take this place 
to be your kingdom. Holy Spirit, we pray, God, that today we wouldn't just sit back and be bystanders. But God, we would be a part of what you're doing, what you're building. Holy Spirit, I pray that we wouldn't be distracted today. The enemy has no ground to take, but you have all the ground to take. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for the cowboys. I can't leave them out. We pray that this season is going to be the best season of their lives. God, we need a miracle to win the Super Bowl this year, and we pray it's going to happen. In Jesus' name. Oh, Father, one more thing. We thank you that the Texas Rangers won the World Series. In Jesus' name. And even though the Australians don't know that we're world champions, even though it's pretty much just America playing this World Series, we're still world champions. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I get made fun of quite often, actually, with the whole Super Bowl thing and, you know, baseball World Series. They're like, who else in the world's playing? Stop calling it a World Series if it isn't a World Series. Call it the American Series or something. I'm like, whatever. We're still world champions. Okay. What if I told you this morning that I could give you a formula that could physically change your life forever? What if I did? Let's be real. When we look at social media, the social media is always trying to sell us something, whether it is financial freedom, whether it is a better future, success. What if I told you this morning that I could give you a biblical formula that not only could revolutionize your relationship with God, but it would revolutionize your future, your family, your personal life? Would you be ready? Would you be ready? The Bible talks about watchmen in the night. And it talks about having this alert expectancy, being alert for whatever God is going to do next. And I always say this every time I preach, that preaching was never meant to be a monologue. If you came in here to think you're going to just sit back like at the movies, that's not what this is supposed to be. This is not supposed to be a movie-watching format. What's actually supposed to be taking place right now is a dialogue. God, I believe, has given me a word. He is speaking in and through me as we speak. And as he speaks through me, and I try not to fall off the stage, as he speaks through me, you are going to be speaking to God. There's a conversation that is taking place. And if you don't know how that practically works, I will give you an example of something very practical that you can do. As the word is being brought this morning, I want to encourage you to be going, God, what are you trying to say to me? Just ask that question. Don't just sit here like a movie and just take it in and watch it, but you should be going, God, okay, what do I take from this? What are you trying to say to me? So I hope you're ready. It's not a monologue this morning. It is a dialogue. Are you ready? You alert this morning. Are you awake this morning? Good. This formula, I believe, is a life-changing formula, and I hope that this is something that sticks with you for the rest of your life. It will never leave me. I will always remember it for, to the day that I die. And it's this. God's promise is greater than blank. 
God's promise is greater than blank. I don't know what you came in with this morning, and I don't know what you're needing to leave with. Maybe this morning you didn't feel so great. Maybe you're needing to write in that blank this morning that God's promise is greater than my illness. Maybe when you got in the car this morning, your kids were driving you absolutely crazy. They weren't listening. They were doing whatever they wanted. Maybe this past week, they, you've had some maybe some arguments with your kids. Maybe you need to write in there, God's promise is greater than my parenting. Maybe you need to write in there that God's promise is greater than my addiction, my finances, my relationship issues, maybe doubt. Or maybe you need to write in there that his promise is greater than my body image, how I portray myself, the way I look. Or maybe this past week, let's be real, anxiety is on a rise. And this is one of the main causes of anxiety and mental health. Maybe this was a struggle for you this past week of feeling alone. Or maybe if you're like me, you might have some worry about economic crisis that's going around the globe right now. Or maybe the Christmas season isn't looking so great this year as it did last year because of a loss in your family. Maybe it's caregiving duties, work stress, legal issues. Maybe political instability. Fortunately, I see a lot of keyboard warriors more than ever nowadays when it comes to political instability. When really, our first response shouldn't be the keyboard, shouldn't be the social media, it should be prayer unto God. It says in the Bible, this isn't in my notes, and I hope it's okay, I'm getting off track a little bit, but I feel like I need to talk about this. It says in the Bible, oftentimes, you know, we say Christians need to speak up, we need to rise up. And we think that rising up is going to social media. Can I tell you? It's actually not. I'm going to say something that might be a bit controversial here. That's okay. I told my dad. <laughs> I told my dad, luckily I can go back to Australia and you clean up any of the mess that I say this morning. <laughs> But political instability, let's be real. America loves it. As much as we hate it, we love it. It's this funny thing. And I'm kind of removed from America nowadays, but I'm still American. And I get to watch my country be in so much disunity. But the Bible says, the, pray, uh, it says, pray to the Lord of the harvest because the laborers are few. This is the thing that we get confused. When we go through problems in life, The work is not actually trying to search for laborers. You know what the work is as Christians? This is a whole nother message I'm kind of giving you for free. Um, The work is actually in the prayer. That's what our work is. When it says faith without works is dead, you know what works actually is? It is prayer. Prayer. So what should we be doing in prayer? political instability, we pray. 
What does the Bible say about our leaders? We pray for our leaders, but we have overcomplicated it. I'm getting political now. That's okay. No, I'm getting spiritual. That's what I'm doing. We go overcomplicated, and we think that we have to voice all of our opinions, and that's all, all great. But what's important, and what's the what's actually what we're called to as Christians is to pray. And what's great is His promise is greater than our political instability. <laughs> but this morning, I'm gonna be talking about one thing. One specific thing. I hope this is okay. Now, some pastors might think this is a death wish to talk about on a Sunday morning. That's okay. I can go back to Australia. So I thought I could just bring it this morning. And to be honest, it is a bit odd that I'm talking about this during a Christmas season. Okay? I should be all festive and jolly. Okay? But if I'm being real, I believe that we need to hear this this morning. I believe God needs to speak to his people this morning on this specific topic. So this morning, this is what we're going to be talking about. But I want you to go home this morning. It doesn't need to be on the specific topic. It could be on anything. You're going to fill in the blank this morning. But I want to talk about one thing specific. I'm going to break it down. This morning, we're going to be talking about God's promise is greater than my pain. God's promise is greater than my pain. I wonder, have you ever experienced pain? Have you ever experienced pain? For me, last year I bought a boat, brand new boat from a dealership. I love boats. Anyone in here into fishing or boating, anything like that? A few of us. Great. Let's go this week. Okay. We'll tee it up after. We uh, bought a boat and it was our first time taking it out. We're driving the boat from this place called Newcastle to Sydney. About two hundred two hour drive. And we're almost to the water. We're gonna take it out. And we're driving and I hear someone honk next to me as we're driving. I look over to my right and it's our worship pastor. He's like, Hey, I thought it was you. I knew you were buying a boat today. I just how crazy is it that I ran into you? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Crazy. He's like, What are you doing? I'm like, We're going out to the water. He goes, Great. I'm going to go get my stuff, and I'm going to come. I'm thinking, I didn't invite this dude. I'm not sure how I feel about this. This is my first time putting it on the water. You know, when you're boating, it's a bit nerve-wracking, especially with the boat ramp, a few things going on. Not sure I really want visitors on the first trip. So I was like, okay. He, I, he, he disappears. He's not there. I call him like, hey, where are you at? We're at the boat ramp. He goes, oh, I got to go get my stuff. I'm thinking, what stuff does he need to get just to go on a boat? And, and he goes, you can just pick me up on the beach. I'm like, okay. I haven't done that before, but I'll figure out a way to pull the boat up on the beach and pick this guy up. So I call him, and he comes running onto the beach. He has a full wetsuit on. He has literally a boogie board in his hand and, and like, some flippers. I'm like, what is up with this dude? Okay, and he has a towel. Just carrying all these things, runs to the edge of the sand. And I can't pull the boat all the way up to the sand because there's a really sharp bank. The waves are pretty heavy. And, he, and I'm, I'm like, you have to swim out to us. And so he has a towel. He goes, well, I have a towel. I'm not sure what to do. I... So he grabs his, I'm like, just throw it. So he goes to throw his towel 
without telling me that he has something on the inside of this towel, his wallet and his keys, grabs his towel, and right now you're thinking, oh, he's going to lose his keys. I'm not worried about that, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care about his wallet or his keys. I'm, I know I'm a pastor. I should care about other people's possessions. I just genuinely don't care about that. He grabs this, this towel, chucks it at my boat, and all of a sudden I hear this loud bang. His keys slammed into the front of my boat windscreen and dents the front of it and takes paint off of my brand new boat. Can I tell you how painful that moment was for me? I'm still wrestling with it. Like I have some bitterness because on the inside, I didn't say a word to him because I think I'm a pastor and I know he's a pastor as well, but like we work together. I can't tell him to fix this or pay for this to fix this. So I got this brand new boat and I'm the type of person when I get something brand new and the second it gets a scratch, I don't care about it anymore. I want it to feel brand new. I want it to look brand new. I don't want it to have a single dent or problem or scratch. That was painful for me. Or maybe you're like me and you like to go ATV. I remember I was in this ATV go-kart thing, and the night before I was joking around with my friends saying, hey, why don't we try to flip it, trying to be all cool? Like, why don't we flip it? Wouldn't it be fun if we just drive it into a ditch and flip the thing? And they're like, no, let's not do that. That's weird. It's crazy. Like, it's my go-kart, and I don't want to break it. So we're driving, not thinking anything of it, and me and my friend are in it, and I'm driving it, and I go to drift around a corner, and I hit a pothole thing flips and when you're seeing the ground come at you in slow motion your natural reaction is to put your hand out towards the ground so I put my hand out towards the ground and as I put my hand out towards the ground the roll cage roll bar slams onto my hand with the ground and breaks my bones in three different places and I was in a cast it was painful it was so painful, and I was so scared about dying from getting in trouble from my parents because that was going to be even more painful, or his parents, which was even more painful, that I hid in a room in pain and tried to put myself to sleep so I didn't have to experience the pain rather than getting help. I don't know what kind of pain you've experienced in life, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever it may be. We all experience pain. Now, the goal this morning is for me not to, to talk about why does God allow pain. If you want to know the reason why there's pain in this world, buy me a drink first. Um, and I, you know, I prefer Sprite. But I, you know, once you buy me a drink, I'd be happy to give you my dad's phone number and you can chat to him about it and he can tell you why there's pain in this world. But this morning, I'm going to be talking about even though there is pain in this world, why does God, who could remove himself from pain, choose to do the journey with us through pain? And then we're going to talk about how do we manage, in a spiritual way, pain. How? We're going to open our Bibles to Genesis, very first book in the Bible. Oh, if I can get this open. This Bible's stiff. Okay. Genesis chapter 22. It says this, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to, to Abraham, here I am, he replied. And God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as burnt offering 
as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the, the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham! Abraham! Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I love this story. If you didn't get that, here we have Abraham with his only son, Isaac. And God told him to sacrifice his son. This story gets me every time. Every single time I lose myself. Because I couldn't imagine what was going through Abraham's mind. Have you thought about that? The moment that God said, I need you to sacrifice your one and only son. What would you do? How would you feel? I can imagine Abraham preparing the wood. thinking this is the wood that I'm going to lay my son on. I can imagine every time he picks up the axe to cut the wood, he's thinking I'm one step closer to killing my only son. (laughs) Can you imagine every day that goes by what's going through his mind, the mind monsters he's having to face? I couldn't imagine God saying that I needed to take one of my my girls. If God told me that I had to sacrifice one of my girls every single day that I'm walking next to her, I'm thinking, oh my God, do I have to do this? Every step I take, I'm thinking I'm one step closer. Can I just cherish this moment a bit longer? God, does it have to be now? Can we wait three more days? One more year? God, am I hearing you right? Are you sure this is what you want to do? God, you you were the one that gave me my daughter. Every time he sets the wood and stacks the altar, God, are you sure? Do you want to change your mind?
Sorry, let me compose myself for a second. <laughs> you see, sometimes we can get caught up in our pain. We think when something doesn't go right, then it must not be God's will. But the crazy thing is, pain fills our Christian heritage, our Christian history. Not only is there beauty talked and spread throughout the gospel, but there's pain too. We look at circumcision. Hello. That's painful. I'm so glad we're not back in those days still. We look at loneliness, Joseph being separated from his family. We look at prosecution of opinion or faith, Paul and Silas being thrown into jail. And hopefully this isn't news to everyone, but sometimes we can almost find ourselves or I find myself not even realizing the cross. But newsflash, there should be some key indicators that we as Christians throughout the word, as we see this pain, that as Christians, we're going to have to endure some pain. We're going to have to endure some pain. So what I want to do is I want to give us three points to help us when we go through our pain. The goal to today is not to necessarily say that we're going to fix pain. But the goal is God is going to go on the journey with us through our pain. You ready? All right, point number one. In our pain, we need to keep building our altar. In our pain, we need to keep building our altar. What is your altar? What is your, what is your altar? I wonder, is it loneliness? It's okay. You, you might be alone, but can I encourage you, keep building that altar of friendship and relationship with God. Keep building the altar of stepping out and saying, God, I don't know what to do. I don't have the friendships in my life that I need. Maybe put yourself out there by keep showing up to church and going to connect group and going out and having lunch with someone afterwards. Like what, I wonder what is your altar that you are building? See, some of us end up putting our trust in the process rather than putting our trust in the author of the process. The one who is the beginning and the end. Sometimes we try to make sense of our pain. Instead of trying to make sense of it, maybe we try to survive it. Now, I'm not saying survive it as in in your own strength, but God is the one that gives us strength. To lean on his strength. Isaiah 41:10. Do not fear, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's your promise. 
If you're needing strength this morning, he will strengthen you. Lean on him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Keep building your altar. Lean on him. Trust in him. We can forget that our pain is what makes us. One thing I realized the more that I parent, I'm more hyper aware of the things I didn't have growing up. Now, that is not a dig on my parents. They're sitting front row, okay? I'm, I'm not a dummy, okay? I'm wise-ish, okay? I've got something here. I, I'm, I'm working it out, okay? Stay with me. The more that I parent, the more I realize the things that I lacked growing up. Why do I say that? Because oftentimes as parents, and we all do this to an extent, okay? I wouldn't say everyone, but we all do it to some sort of extent. We sometimes can find ourselves projecting on our kids. We project on our kids. So if you're someone that lacked attention growing up as a kid, what do you do with your kids? You give them so much attention. Maybe you're someone that lacked finances growing up. You weren't provided for financially. So what do you do as a parent? You might go above and beyond trying to make money for your family that you project the things that you lacked because of the pain that you felt on your kids. Maybe your house was full of... Maybe your house was full of pain. Maybe it wasn't a fun place or a safe place to be. So what do you do? You put on this mask almost to add so much joy into your home to try to create a safe place. Or maybe you grew up with divorced parents. Maybe there was some dysfunction. So what do you do? You try to fix everything and make sure everything's lined up and there's no problems. Everyone's happy with everyone. We can easily find ourselves projecting the pain that we felt growing up or the lack that we had on our kids. Sometimes our pain can actually make us. Pain doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Sometimes pain, you touch a hot stove, it's a good thing because you know not to touch it again, hopefully. Some people, they do touch it again. I don't know what goes through their mind. But sometimes pain can actually become a good thing. Point number two, in our pain, we need to embrace God's promises. I need you to get that. Every single word in these points are intentionally placed. We need to embrace God's promises. We need to embrace them. We don't need to know of them. We need to have them. They need to be ours. They need to be in our DNA. They need to be who we are making ourselves to become and be. Embrace God's promises. Last year, I got some of the most painful news, probably the most painful news of my life. Um, actually, about a year and a half ago. We were having our second daughter, and the doctors told us that there was some issues internally. And they, they said to us that there was a really good chance 
that our daughter was gonna have Down syndrome. I, if I'm being honest, I never knew something like that news could be so painful to hear. It wrecks me. Wrecks me. Because I'm sitting there going, there's nothing I can do. Because that's what we like to do. Like the, the, the political instability, we want to try to fix everything. <laughs> In that moment, I'm sitting there going, I don't know what I can do. And I'm, I genuinely was just lost. I was stuck. I was so stuck. <laughs> then I went to Hillsong Conference. And I had this crazy God encounter. And I was just praying. I was like, you know what? What I can do is I can pray. And I began praying. I had this crazy God encounter. I got slain in the spirit. I'm on the floor, knocked out. And I felt this insane amount of comfort and joy. Insane. And God spoke to me right then and there. And he said this to me. This was before my daughter was born. He said to me, she will be healthy and whole. She will be healthy and whole. And I've never, it, God just started flooding me with all these things of the worry and doubt I've had in my life. And he's just starting to answer them. All the pain I was going through, he answered it. And I got up confident. And I said, my daughter is healthy and whole. I embraced his promise. I embraced his promise. My daughter is healthy and whole. I didn't have a single doubt in my mind from that moment. Not a single doubt. Not a single. I didn't ever think about it again. <laughs> the second God answered me with that promise, I never thought about it again. She's healthy and whole. I wonder, maybe there's someone in here that you're believing for a, a young one, a, a baby. I wonder what is God's promise for you? If it's yes, stand on it. Believe for it. Have faith for it. What's amazing is my daughter was born healthy and whole. Not one single problem. Healthy and whole. Why? Because I embraced his promise. Hebrews 11, 7 through 19, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his excuse me, his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. It talks about, it says this in that verse, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And Abraham reasoned with God that even God could raise the dead. Even God could raise the dead. So naturally, I'm thinking to myself, Abraham must be having these mind monsters. He's struggling to just take a, a, his next step. But I wonder, I actually can, if it's saying he reasoned with God, that even God could raise the dead, I actually can see Abraham with this confidence, embracing the promise. God, I'm not worried. 
because you said that my promise that you have over my life would be reckoned through Isaac. That's what you said, God. So if you're telling me right now to sacrifice my only son, I know that you're a good God, that you can do anything that you want to do to make this promise be fulfilled, that I can trust in your promise, that I don't need to worry. I can almost, I now imagine Abraham with this God confidence going, don't worry, this isn't the last time I'm going to see you. <laughs> don't worry, God's got something. He's got, he's got this, this in his, the palm of his hand. He understands more than I do. He knows something that I don't. I can just imagine this God confidence swelling within Abraham. Not this meekness, this weakness, fear. He's not getting on his keyboard and typing on Facebook, telling everyone that God is such a meanie because he told him to kill his one and only son. Or that God doesn't understand. Or he's not fair, he's not just, he's inhumane. No, he's saying, my God, if he had to write a caption, I reckon he would say, my God is a good God. And even when God says no to me, it is still filled with his goodness. It is still filled with his goodness. Point number three. In our pain, we need to rest assured he will provide. In our pain, we need to rest assured he will provide. I love that God spoke to me clearly and said that my daughter Rumi was going to be healthy and whole. And from that moment, I rest assured that he will provide. I embraced it. I thank God for it. And I rest assured. I slept easy that night. I slept easy until she was born. I wasn't worried. Even before she was born, I wasn't even worried. That I, didn't even, I don't even think I thought about it. I knew she was healthy and whole. I rest assured. I believe Abraham rest assured that Isaac was going to be okay. <laughs> that God will provide. I wonder if what was running through Isaac's, through Abraham's mind was, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. The enemy goes, Abraham, you're going to lose your son. The promise isn't going to. But you don't know. He's Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. Genesis 22, 13 to 14. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. <laughs> and to this day, it is said on the, mount, the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh, he will provide. <laughs> I 
wonder, maybe that's what was going through his mind. If, that, if that's what he was willing to name, that mount, the Lord will provide. He is my Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. The band can come up. I'm going to wrap this up. And See, Abraham knew anything was possible with God. But he also knew this. He knew anything was possible with God, but he knew it was impossible for God to break his promise. Did you you get that? Write that down. Write that down. Abraham knew anything was possible with God, but that it was impossible for God to break his promise. Abraham had every reason to give up, His situation made no sense. He had to experience the greatest sacrifice on earth. It was the ultimate test of faith. He probably had doubts. He probably wanted to quit. He probably wanted to say no to God. But he knew, without a doubt, no matter what he could see, God was going to keep his promise. Hebrews, I'm going to say this one more time. I want us to get this. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. It talks about, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. See, one way or another, he knew that even if he had raised Isaac from the dead, God would keep his word. I don't know if you're believing for a child. Maybe you're believing for God to meet your, 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 your child, to, that your child will come to know Jesus. Maybe you're believing for a miraculous healing from cancer or whatever it may be, a terminal illness, or, or maybe just getting over a cold. Whatever you're needing this morning. Maybe you're needing a marriage restored. God will provide. His promises are good. His promises are yes and amen. Sometimes we think that God is trying to kill the very promise in our lives when really he's trying to revive it. Did you get that? Abraham could have sat here going, God, are you trying to kill this promise? But I think what he was trying to do was bring it to life. We think it's death, but it's actually life. What we're going to do, the team are going to sing a song, and we're going to actually pass out something to you. It's just the title of the message. But what I would like you to do is just take some time to pray by yourself, with your spouse, your family, whatever you want to do. And I want you to write down what you're believing God's promise to be greater than. And then I want you to find a scripture, a promise in the Bible, and write it next to it. Whatever it is, write it next to it. And then you can use this, keep this, hang it in your mirror, in your bathroom, put it in your car, whatever it is. And I want you to remind yourself that God's promises are greater than your situation. They're greater.
weaknesses are greater than your mess ups, than your failures. And I just want to remind you today that his promises are greater than every failure. There's nothing you can do to win his promises and his favor. His promises and his favor are true. They are yes and amen, regardless of your behavior. And so today, I just want to pray over you. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hands towards heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. His promises are greater than any mess up, any failure. There's nothing you can do to lose his, his grace and his mercy over your life. His promises are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray for every hand that is raised. And God, some that may not have raised their hand, but they're feeling that in their spirit, God, that they haven't quite won your approval, Lord, or that they've kind of strayed a little too far. And we just cast every doubt we cast it down right now in Jesus' name. And God, I just pray that you would just touch these people, Father, those that are saying, my mess-ups are greater than his promises. They are not. They are not. And we cast down that thought right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that your love and your grace and your mercy are constant. And there's nothing we can do to win that approval from you, God. It is there. It is there given freely. And so right now we just receive it as our hands are raised. We just say, give it to me, Lord. Give it to me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your promises are true. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. I would love to pray for a group of people. And this is the beautiful thing. God is the ultimate empathizer of our pain. He is. Sometimes we think that the pain we go through is something we do alone. When really, God sees our pain, He feels our pain, he knows our pain. He knows it so much so that he had to send Jesus to die on the cross for you and I. To endure pain, to bridge a gap from humanity and him. And this is beautiful. This is what I love about Abraham. This is what I love about Abraham and the story of Abraham and Isaac is it's almost a very similar story to the death and resurrection of Jesus. They both were loved by their father. Abraham loved his son. God loved Jesus. They both offered themselves willingly. They both carried wood up the hill for their sacrifice. And believe it or not, scholars would say that they were both sacrificed in the same region. And this is what's crazy. 
they were both delivered on the third day. God sent Jesus. And in the middle of Jesus' pain, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. It actually says, if you look in the, in the, in the, in the, the text, it actually says that it was repeated. Every stripe that he took, every nail that he took, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He gets another nail, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Jesus still chose to keep building the altar even through the pain. <laughs> even through the pain. I believe there's some people in here that it's time to really build up your altar to say, you know, I want to be born again like Jesus and Isaac on the third day. Maybe this morning is your opportunity to say, God, I'm done running away from you. God, I, I, I want to follow you. Maybe you want to re recommit your life to him this morning. Maybe you're new or maybe you've been coming for a bit and you haven't made a decision yet to truly take up his promise of salvation. Maybe this morning is your opportunity. Maybe it's your moment. I want to encourage you, don't let this moment pass you by. If everyone could just bow your heads, close your eyes in this room. No one looking around. I'd love to pray for you. If that's you, I would love if you would just lift your hand after the count of three. I'm going to count to three. And I would love you to just lift your hand if you want to make a decision this morning to follow Jesus. It's that simple. No tricks, no games. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. You're not praying to me. You're going to be praying to God. So after the count of three, just lift your hands. One, two, three. Lift your hands. Beautiful. Hands going up all across this place. Beautiful. You can put your hands down. If everyone could repeat this prayer after me out loud as a family, we're going to pray to God. It says in the Bible, when you... Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died and rose again, then you shall be saved. Romans 10.9. Let's pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I choose to follow you for all my days. Guide me and lead me. For, to, into all you have for me. Thank you for your promise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you just said yes to Jesus, please scan the QR code that's on the screen, or it's also available out of the information desk today. We would love to walk this journey with you. I don't know what you got out of today's message, but for me, I, I determined that God's promises is greater than discouragement and apathy. And on the back of this page, I'm going to write all the promises that's going to create passion and fervor and focus in my life, and I'm going to review it. Thank you, Micah, for bringing a great word today. Awesome.